Well, hey, good morning, everybody. Happy Sunday. Uh, welcome to the Edge Church. My name is Stephen Van Den, and I'm one of the pastors here. Whoever you are and wherever in the world you are tuning in from, uh, we're so glad to have you joining with us today as we continue on in our sermon series through the book of James that we're calling The Intersection of Faith and life. And, and this is a series where we are just walking verse by verse through the book of James in the New Testament that is really all about how our faith in Jesus Christ is meant to be lived out practically in our everyday life. And uh, last week, Pastor Neil gave a great message on the power of our words, a really a timely message for us in our day and our culture. If you missed that, uh, I just encourage you to go and give that a listen sometime this week. I guarantee it will challenge you. It will bless you. Uh, today, though, I have uh, the great privilege of opening God's word with you and uh, look together at, at really one of the most essential and life-shaping character traits we can possess, that we can grow in, that we can practice. And, 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 and today we're going to look at and talk about wisdom. And, and so I just want to start off in prayer and asking uh, the Lord to come to speak to us, to minister to our hearts and to speak his truth to us. So if you would pray with me, Father, thank you so much for today. God, thank you for this opportunity that we have right now to open up your word. God, thank you that you tell us that your word is living and active. God, that your word accomplishes its purposes. God, I pray that, that God, as we share your word together today, Lord, that you would teach us. God, open our ears to hear from you today. God, our hearts to receive of you today. God, minister, I pray to every single heart, God, your truth, Lord. Let us receive and grab hold of all that is for us. Would you just take even a minute right now, just a quick second, just invite the Lord to speak to you. Wherever you are, just say, God, come and speak to my heart today. Lord, we give you this time. Have your way in it. Have your way in us, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have your Bible, you can open up to James chapter three. That's where uh, we're going to find our main text. But, but before we get into that, I want to just start this morning with a question. I, I want you to imagine for a moment that God walks into the room where you are right now and, and that God looks at you and he says to you, listen, ask me for whatever you want and I'm going to give it to you. What is it that you would ask God for? Do, do you even know? Like if God asked me for anything, anything you want, what would you ask him for? This very thing happened to a young king in the Old Testament named Solomon, who was the son of King David. And we find his story in 2 Chronicles chapter 1. It says, beginning in verse 7, it says that that night God appeared to Solomon and said to him, ask for whatever you want me to give you. Right? That, that, wouldn't that be the most amazing question to hear God ask us, right? Like, what would you ask him for, right? If you're not even sure, consider this. What are you asking God for now? What are the things that you're coming to God with? Listen to how Solomon replies in verse 10. He says, give me wisdom and knowledge that I may lead this people 
for who is able to govern this great people of yours. God, God says to Solomon, he says, listen, ask me for anything you want and, and I'll give it to you. And Solomon says, Lord, give me wisdom, not give me victory over my enemies, not, not make my name great or, or grant to me long life and safety and all, all these kinds of things. It's God, give me wisdom. And here's how God responds to him. Verse 11, God says, since this is your heart's desire and you have not asked for wealth or possessions or honor, nor for the death of your enemies. And since you have not asked for a long life, but for wisdom and knowledge to govern my people over whom I made you king, therefore wisdom and knowledge will be given you. And I will also give you wealth, possessions and honor, such as no king who was before you ever had and none after you will have. God, God here is so moved. He's so pleased by Solomon asking for wisdom that not only does God grant to him this wisdom, but he also adds to it all the other things Solomon could have asked for, the things that we tend to seek God for, right? Like, I mean, if we're honest, don't we tend to ask God for things that we really want? God, I really just want that relationship. God, I, God, I really just want to get that job or that house or, or, or that thing. Or, or we ask him for more comfort and, and less pain or for more health, more safety, for success and for blessing. But, but how many of us, if given the opportunity to ask God for just one thing, would have asked God for wisdom? W- wisdom is so essential for our lives that there's actually an entire book of the Bible devoted to it. The book of Proverbs is known as the book of wisdom. It's actually written by King Solomon, who was considered wiser than any person who ever lived. And, And in this book, God, through the Holy Spirit, is writing through Solomon to all of us to teach us about true wisdom. And I want to just share a couple passages with you. First, from Proverbs 3. It says this in verses 13 through 18. Listen, it says, Blessed are those who find wisdom, those who gain understanding, for she is more profitable than silver and yields better return than gold. She's more precious than rubies and nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand. In her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant ways and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her. Those who hold her fast will be blessed. Now, now if you were to jump ahead a little bit to Proverbs chapter eight, I wanna just share a little bit from there. I'd encourage you at some point this week to read this entire chapter, but but listen to this. This is wisdom talking. It says, does not wisdom call out? Does not understanding raise her voice to you, O people? I call out, listen, for I have trustworthy things to say. I open my lips to speak what is right. Counsel and sound judgment are mine. I have insight. I have power. I love those who love me and those who seek me find me. The Lord brought me forth as the first of his works before his deeds of old. Now then, my children, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways. Listen to my instruction and be wise. Do not disregard it. Blessed are those who listen to me, watching daily at my doors, waiting at my doorway. Listen, for those who find me find life and receive favor from the Lord. But those who fail to find me harm themselves. All who hate me love death. 
Here's the deal. God is the creator of the entire universe who has designed the world and our life to work in a very specific way that culminates in his glory and in our joy and our flourishing and God being a good father that he is. He reveals to us what true wisdom is because there is a way for us to go. There is a way for us to live and to be that that according to God here in Proverbs leads into the fullness of life that he has for us and into his favor and blessing. But on the other hand, there is also a a false wisdom. There's a way to go, a path to take that does not lead to God's glory or our joy, but that ultimately leads us into harm and the harm of others and is actually rooted in death and destruction. And what James is going to do here today in our text is help us unpack and recognize true wisdom as compared to false wisdom. So so if you look at James 3, beginning in verse 13, James starts with this question. He says, listen, who is wise and understanding among you? Now, before we get too far into this, let's just define some terms, okay? Because oftentimes you'll see the words knowledge and and understanding and and wisdom together. And sometimes people use them interchangeably, but they're not the same. Uh, Knowledge is actually the accumulation of facts. This is kind of the stuff you learn from textbooks uh, in school. It's like two plus two equals four, or that in 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue, right? It's the accumulation of facts, understanding the is a step beyond knowledge. It's the ability to comprehend and understand the significance and meaning of that knowledge. Wisdom, however, is the ability to know something, to understand it, and then to apply it rightly and consistently to everyday life. Wisdom is the reason for why medical students do residency before becoming doctors. Because there isn't one of us who wants to sit down on an operating table and and ask the surgeon how many times that, that he's successfully done this procedure and have them tell us that this is their first time. Right, but not only that, but but not to worry because they read all the books and because they understand the process of how this is supposed to work, and they stayed at a Holiday Inn Express last night. Right, like like that. None of that would comfort us. We we want the person who not only knows the stuff, not only understand how it's supposed to work, but who can also practice it and put it into practice rightly and has done so consistently. That's wisdom. This is why we hear James say in response to his question, who is wise and understanding among you? He says, let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. James is like, listen, if you say that you're wise, prove it with your life. See, see, everybody today in our culture knows a bunch of things, right? Like we live in the most educated, in the most intellectually advanced time in the history of our planet. And whatever you don't know, there's a YouTube video for it, right? Like, so our problem today is not that people don't know anything. It's that knowledge doesn't equal wisdom. And James here is dealing with this very thing where people in the church here, they have knowledge and so that they think in response to that they should be teaching and they should be leading, but their lives don't match their talk. They talk the talk, but they don't walk the walk. And so once again, here James is bringing us back to what we learned in, in chapter two, that, that faith and works are inseparable, that true wisdom isn't something that you claim, but is, is actually something displayed and evidenced by your life. And so James says, look, if you say 
that you have wisdom, then prove it by your good life, he says. Prove it by your good life. This word good here in the Greek doesn't just mean to have some kind of morally good life, but it also means to be, to have this morally attractive and even beautiful, this appealing kind of life. This is the idea that when you see how somebody lives, you want to be like them. There is this joy, this, this peace, this sense of freedom and satisfaction that just characterizes their life. And James particularly here says that there is a humility to this life of someone who is truly wise, right? And that, that, that ought to make sense to us because at the end of the day, if, if God is God, if he's the creator and he designed the way that life works best and if we're gonna submit to his way and obey him, that's gonna take humility. Now, in contrast to this, James goes on from here to tell us about what false wisdom looks like. Wisdom that isn't from God. And starting in verse 14, he says, but if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. James says, listen, there, there is a false wisdom that is not rooted in God, but that he describes as earthly and unspiritual and demonic. Okay. It's earthly, meaning that it's all about the here and now rather than having any sort of focus or living in any sort of in light of eternity, all your decisions, what you do, how you live, how you spend your time, how your resources, none of that's based then on the infinite time that is to come after this fleeting life, but is all about the here and now, whatever will make you happy. This is what causes people uh, to incur such crazy amounts of debt, trying to enjoy all they can right now. This is earthly wisdom. And James says it's not just earthly, but it's unspiritual, meaning that this is a, a wisdom that's rooted in our fallen nature that is opposed to the spirit of God. It's limited by the values and beliefs of this world and, and not by the kingdom of God. So with this wisdom, you don't rest on the power of God's spirit or his rule over your life, but simply on your own power uh, to be used for your own means and, and your own glory. And finally, James says that, that about this wisdom, that it's demonic, right? From, from the very beginning of creation onward, Satan and his demons have been attempting to deceive mankind against the wisdom of God. If we go back all the way to the fall in Genesis chapter three, you'll remember that when, when the Satan came and tempted Eve in the garden, he tempted her with a fruit that would make her wise and be like God. And ever since this event, people have continued to believe Satan's lies, that God isn't who he says he is, that, 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 God, uh, that we aren't who God says that we are, and, and has been working to convince people to try and become their own gods, to live according to their own standards and their own truth. Isn't that a saying that's so common and prevalent in our culture today? Just live your truth, right? Only that's not the truth. It's actually demonic. I mean, is there anything that is more arrogant or evil than to think that you know better than God? See, see demons have this strategy for the world and for the church and, and for your life. And at the heart of it is to lie to you and make it sound like the truth. 
It's to convince you that, that following Jesus is, is just for the foolish, that it's anti-intellectual, that, that it's on the wrong side of history, that, it, that it's just foolish compared to the, the enlightenment of our culture. But the devil is a liar. In fact, Jesus calls him the father of lives because he's so good at it. And the devil has a wisdom that will deceive and confuse you if you're not, if you're not aware of and know the wisdom of God. And the fruit of this earthly, unspiritual, demonic wisdom, James tells us in verse 14, is a bitter envy that fuels selfish ambition. This is the person who is bitter and angry and resentful of others because of things or power or position or recognition that they have or that they don't have, but that they want. This is fueled by the wisdom of this world that says, listen, promote yourself. Get what's yours. Don't concern yourself with others. Do whatever you have to do to get what you want. Step on, step over others. Whatever you have to do, it's all about you. You are the God of your own life and it's all about your glory. And the outcome of this, James tells us in verse 16, is that you have disorder and every evil practice. The result of false wisdom is that rather than having peace and consistency and honor as a regular way and practice and part of life, what you have is confusion and instability and chaos. What you have is a mess, okay? And at the heart, uh, and a heart that is given to this kind of wisdom will inevitably find a way to justify every kind of evil and immoral behavior in pursuit of its own ends. That's false wisdom, according to James. So what about true wisdom? Listen to what James says in verse 17. He says, but the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. James says that true wisdom is from heaven, which is to say that it reflects God's value system and embraces God's purposes for this world and for your life. True wisdom is rooted in eternity and not earth. It's it's in the spirit of God and not our own flesh. It's in the truth of God as revealed in his word and not in the lies of the enemy and the, the popularity, the popular ideas of culture. James says, true wisdom is first pure, meaning that that real wisdom leads you into a purity of life. It leads you towards holiness and away from sin. It's peace-loving, meaning that, that I'm not out looking for a fight with my words or actions, right? But, but, but I do what I can to, to put down animosity and to bring peace to conflict in my relationships and amongst others. It's not some kind of peace at any price, right? It's not, it's not compromising truth, but this is about having uh, the heart of God for unity and reconciliation rather than for division and for alienation. Okay, it says here that, that true wisdom is reasonable, right? It's considerate. It, it means that I'm, that I'm willing to, to listen. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to hear you out and I actually care about what you have to say. And it means that, that if it's true, I'm actually willing to change in response. True wisdom, James says, is submissive. Now, that's not a real popular word in our culture today, even in the church. But essentially what that means is I'm not God. That, that God is God. And so I willingly place myself under his authority and under the authority of those he's put in charge over me. And, and, and I will and can obey and follow and accept correction rather than just go my own way. 
It says here, true wisdom is full of mercy and good fruits. It was just to say that I'm not getting back at you for what you said and what you did. I'm not trying to get my revenge or hurt you in response. When you sin against me, there is still love and forgiveness and compassion for you, just like Jesus has towards and for me. And these good fruits then are, are an evidence uh, of my life, right? Like, like you can see and experience how I love and obey God and love and serve and bless others. There's this fruitfulness to my life. True wisdom, James says, is also impartial and sincere, which means that I'm honest and I'm fair and, and I'm not governed by any prejudice that, that I could have against you that I'm genuine and don't pretend to be someone I'm not. So I'm not somebody that you see at church on Sunday that you wouldn't recognize the other six days of the week. I'm authentic and real. And with that, James closes with this statement in verse 18, where he says, peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness, which is really just to say that as you grow in godly wisdom, right, as you sow into that, that the outcome of his righteousness being, that, that the outcome is his righteousness that's being produced in and through you. It's God changing you and shaping you to live the life that you were created for, to say yes to the things that are for you and from him and no to the things that are not of him. It's a life filled with the fruit of godly character and God-glorifying works. Remember, too, even as I'm saying that, that, that all of this is about progress and not perfection, right? Like, like God wants us to grow up in his wisdom. So the question is, how do we do that, right? Like, like, like how do we grow in true wisdom and avoid false wisdom? I'm glad you asked. I'm gonna give you two good ways to do that this morning. Here's the first one. To, to grow in true wisdom, Wisdom, we must have an ever-growing understanding of the God of the Bible. To to grow in wisdom, we must have an ever-growing understanding of the God of the Bible. Not a God of our own making, not not God as I want him to be. I hear people say this all the time. Well, I just don't think God would or God could or God fill in the blank, right? As if somehow like you know better than God. Right? That, and so people make these accusations against God, against the scriptures, but, but God is God. I'm not, you're not, right? So God doesn't conform to us. God calls us to be conformed to him. Here's what 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says to us. It says, all scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. If you wanna grow in true wisdom, grow in an understanding of the God of the Bible. And I worded that the way that I, that I said it on purpose, because just as I said a couple of weeks ago, salvation is not some kind of intellectual ascent to correct doctrine. So what we wanna grow in is in, in an understanding of the God of the Bible, not Bible verses. Okay, we're we're talking about God himself, not just the knowledge of what the scripture says. Are you with me? This is why we preach from the Bible. It's not just me up here or somebody else who's just telling you about what we think or or what I want to be good or true. Like We want you and your life to be shaped by the word of God that you might walk with him and in true wisdom. 
The apostle Paul says in, in Colossians 2 verse 3 that, that in Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. It's in knowing and following Jesus, knowing his character and his nature and his ways and his words. It's knowing what he loves and what makes him angry, right? Because you ultimately become like the ones you spend time with. And so then when God comes to you and he says, no, 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 come this way to joy. Come this way into life. Stay, stay away from that. Don't go over there, right? That, that we do that because we follow him because we trust him and we know him. So if we're gonna grow in wisdom, we must have an ever increasing understanding of the God of the Bible. Here's the second thing. Walk with others in Christ-centered community. Listen to Proverbs eleven fourteen. It says, where there is no guidance, a people falls. But in a, a, an abundance of counselors, there is safety. If you were to look at Proverbs 13, 20, it would say this. It would say, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise. If you'll get around other men and women who are serious about Jesus and honest about their lives and their walk with Christ. You can help one another walk in true wisdom and recognize false wisdom. Now, now that doesn't always feel awesome, does it? Can we admit that? But, but it is good and absolutely necessary for us, right? Like the, the reason that they're called blind spots is because you can't see them. You don't think you have them. And, and so God actually gives us people in our life to help us see what we're unable to see. So, so what you want to do is you want to surround yourself with people who love you and love Jesus, right? Like, like who are serious about their faith. That, that they're not just some, like, nom, they're not nominally and, and passively interested in their faith, right? They're not just like the I go to church on Sunday, but don't take any of it with me kind of people, right? Like what you want is, is those people who challenge you to know and love and serve and worship and follow and obey Jesus that make you go like, oh, you actually believe all this stuff? Like, like you live this stuff? Those are the people you want to be around. Get around some of those who are further down the road than you are. Hang out with some older Christians who have walked their faith out and you have seen the fruit of godliness and wisdom in their lives. Commit yourself to a church family. Right? Find that place where you can be established and rooted, not just because you like the music or because you think the pastor is funny, right? Or always tells you the things you want to hear because they have this amazing children's program that scans your retina and like shoot your kid out to you in some kind of fun tube, right? Like, but we're, because the, like they're, they're pastors, they just love Jesus and they, they humbly serve Jesus and they love and humbly serve the church and they teach the word of God unapologetically, even the hard parts that are difficult to hear and they have the fruit of wisdom, of God's wisdom evidenced in their lives. We need the family of God to grow in godly wisdom. And God's word tells us, remember back in Proverbs 8, that, that there is a way for us in Christ Jesus to live that leads us into the fullness of life, into God's purposes for us and into the favor and blessing of God. That's true wisdom. But, but there's also a way for you to live your life on your own terms and according to the world's wisdom that ultimately harms you and leads to death. And the invitation of God to you today, right, is to receive Christ and walk 
and his wisdom. The, the good news is something James already told us back in chapter one, verse five, where he said, listen, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who will grant to all without finding fault. So if that's where you find yourself today, no matter where you're at and that you can ask God for wisdom like Solomon did. And God is excited to give it to you. I, I, I wanna just wrap up and close with a few questions for you and that hope help you navigate this a little bit. Uh, Here's the first question. As you consider James chapter three, verses 13 through 18 and and wisdom, what is it that you've heard today? What is it that you take from this message? What's your biggest takeaway? What most hits you and resonates in your heart that you just know is for you? Here's the second question. Okay, most people search for wisdom in one of the following places, either through their senses and and how they feel, right? Like through their self and, and what they think through society, right? And what others think or through scripture and what God thinks. Which of these sources would you say you most depend upon? And how has that helped or hurt you in your life? Here's the third thing. What is one way for you to actively pursue growing in true wisdom this week. Like if you're gonna be serious about being someone who is wise and grabbing hold of the life that God has for you, how are you actively going to engage that this week? I'll give you three really good possibilities right away. One, pray. Pray, ask God for wisdom, seek the Lord in that. Two, Open God's word. Something you could do is do a study on wisdom. Look, do, Google wisdom in the Bible or wise and see what comes up and, and just study. What does it mean? What does God have to say about being a person who's wise and, and lives in his wisdom, right? Thirdly, like get around some brothers and sisters in the faith. Get around some people that can encourage you and challenge you, right? Who can call you up and you can have conversations with. Find a, a mentor in the faith. Maybe somebody who's further down the road than you. But how can you actively engage in growing in wisdom this week? I'm gonna just pray for us and then we will close uh, with our final song. Uh, Let's pray. God, thank you so much for today. God, thank you for your word. God, thank you for teaching us about wisdom, Lord, and, and this life that you've given us, God, how we can walk into the fullness of life that you came to bring us. God, a life that is just filled with your life, with your fruit, God, with, God, with your joy, God, with peace, with, with hope. Uh, Lord, I pray that, God, you would lead us in that. Father, that you would direct us. God, that we would have hearts that are just willing to follow and obey. Uh, God, I pray that for anyone who doesn't know you this morning, uh, God, I, I pray, Father, that you would just reveal yourself to them in a powerful way. And God, that every heart would be yielded to you. God, I pray that that even this week, Lord, that we would grow in an understanding of who you are. And Lord, that we would gather around us, make it a priority to be with the family of God, to be with your family, Lord, that we might grow in you, be sharpened and changed and molded and crafted into more of who you made us to be. God, have your way in us, Lord. Lead us in wisdom, I pray, by your spirit. Jesus' name. Amen.
Well, guys, thanks for joining me this morning. Uh, you can go ahead and, and even start to answer some of those questions if you're in your group or hold on for just a minute. And we're gonna close with our final song. God bless you guys.